Support for Think Humanities is brought to you by the Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing. Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. Our guest on the podcast today is Jacqueline Hamilton, a talented writer and performer who is a member of the Kentucky Humanity Chautauqua troupe of characters who perform all over the state of Kentucky. Jacqueline uh, has portrayed Alice Lloyd for Kentucky Humanities. Uh, As you know, Alice Lloyd was an important Eastern Kentucky educator uh, who Alice Lloyd College in Pippa Passes, Kentucky is named for. Uh, Our uh, friend Jacqueline Hamilton is on the road across the Commonwealth today as the famous novelist Sue Grafton. And we welcome her to the podcast. Jacqueline, welcome. And it's so good to have you on the podcast to talk about one of our new Chautauqua performers and actors and characters, the, the famous novelist Sue Grafton. Tell us about her. Thank you, Bill. Well, I adore Sue. And anybody who reads anything about Sue will feel like they're a lifelong friend. Sue just had that sort of personality. And many people don't realize that she truly is Kentucky's most famous writer. If you want to look at famous in terms of how many weeks you've been on the New York Times bestseller list. Sue has been on the New York Times bestseller list for over 400 weeks. Now, a lot of that is because she came up with the brilliant idea to write a series of books when she hadn't even finished writing the first one. And of course, Sue is known as our alphabet murder mystery writer. And a lot of people, you know, when I talk about Sue, they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, the the ABC books. And Sue um, worked in Hollywood um, for about 15 years before she started writing on her own. Now, of course, she's from Louisville. Uh, she, She wrote... Um, while she went to school um, at U of L, um, when she went to Atherton High School, she worked on the newspaper. So writing wasn't an unusual thing for her. Her father, who um, was a well-known attorney in Louisville, actually wrote three murder mysteries himself. A lot of people don't realize that C.W. Grafton. So she, it comes writing, particularly mysteries and detectives, comes to Sue honestly, but. What made Sue different was that we really didn't have any hard-hitting, sassy female detectives. We had plenty of hard-hitting male detectives, but all of our female detectives were sort of like Agatha Christie, you know, mild-mannered women detectives. You know, we remember Murder, She Wrote, that series on television, or the Nancy Drew Mysteries. But when Sue started writing, she realized how little she knew about things like law and police procedures. You know, even though her father had written detectives, she didn't, that wasn't the genre she had written in. She was more a literary novelist. And so the one thing that she tells everybody that she knew about was being a woman. 
And so therefore, it made sense to her to create Kinsey Milhone, her detective. And because, um, and she freely talks about this in interviews, because her parents were alcoholics um, and functioning alcoholics, um, she and her sister were able to have a lot of time on their own. And one of the ways that Sue coped with this was, of course, reading. And her parents didn't realize that she quickly left behind Nancy Drew for Mickey Spillane. <laughs> and she had a propensity for loving those exciting, you know, novels. And so therefore, when she was going to write one of her own, it just seemed natural that she was going to make her detective, you know, sassy and hard hit. What else can you tell us about her growing up in Louisville and how other than her father, and I'd like to know more about him too, how much of an influence was his writing and her growing up in Louisville um, on her writing the Alphabet series? So, yes, Sue readily admits in interviews, and I've read interviews in papers all across the country. And my research for her, of course, to be a Chautauqua character, the character has to be deceased. So Sue died back in 2017. Uh, and in preparation for this, I did, you know, I would read, it didn't matter if the newspapers were small or large, I would read and I would start to develop themes. And so Sue freely talked about the, the difficulties with growing up. And she talked about um, how she grew up, she was born in 1940, and how the war affected families and how a lot of people drank uh, in terms of to try to forget a lot of the things that happened. And she talks about that both of her parents were avid readers, and that in their kitchen, they had one of those revolving racks like you see at a drugstore, you know, a wire revolving rack. And they would go down to the secondhand bookstore and their favorite thing to read were mysteries detectives. And her mother and father would buy these for 25 cents a piece and her mother would read these and then her mother would mark the books. And her mother's favorite thing to do was to mark a book with the letter T which didn't stand for terrific. It stood for trashy. And so she said, <laughs> of course, if she saw that her mother had marked the book with the letter T, that was, I'm going to read that one right away. And so, um, so she talks about often when her parents uh, and her sister ended up becoming, she had one sister, ended up becoming a librarian in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. But she talks a lot about how that as a family, they would just sit at night and not talk, but everybody was reading, reading books. And so Sue talks again and again about just constantly reading and just putting this information and, and, and learning things by the experience of reading. And then she would um, go to the parks and she would create dramas and plays to act out her, her fears and her frustration. She talks a lot about the fears that she would have, but she chose writing. And, and in essence, what she's doing is she's creating scenes. She doesn't realize it, but as she's acting out fears and everything, she's creating these scenes. And so all of this um, helps her. It's interesting in 
one of the books, she talks about that she was even afraid of people that were helpers. Like she had a, a big fear of her elementary school principal. And she talks about the, uh, the idea that she would memorize long, famous poems. And then she would go recite them to the principal in her office because somehow she thought that if she could recite long, famous poems, people would like her. And in this, she talks about one of the poems that she wrote. I've got, and I share this in my Chautauqua presentation, but I love this little poem. The new moon is on its way. The stars are shining bright and gay. And if I close my sleepy eyes, I can see my dreams come from the skies. Hmm. That's charming. I mean, mm-hmm. she's age seven, but you can see that mm. she has a, a way with words, a rhythm, and all of that. And so um, her mother, just by being a hands-off mother, Sue went into reading and acting out. And then, of course, her father started writing these um, detective novels. And he used this phrase from a British nursery rhyme. And so the first book was The Rat Began to Gnaw the Rope. And it's about a lawyer. And the book was well received. It received this Mary Reinhardt Award, which some people don't realize that people considered Mary Reinhardt the American Agatha Christie. And Mary Reinhardt came up with that famous phrase, the butler did it. Hmm. And we've all heard that. But anyway, uh, he was very good at it. But the royalties back then for writing were very small, and he couldn't support a family on writing detective novels. Um, he was very good. He was like considered the dean of bail uh, law, and in fact, even successfully won a case against the IRS in the Supreme Court. So he was a very talented lawyer. And he tried to balance those two paths of writing and law, and he just couldn't do it. And so eventually gave um, the writing career up. But Sue says that she, he, she remembers him talking a lot about the importance of tiny details and making sure that those tiny details are, are taken care of. Well, you can imagine if you're going to write a detective novel, tiny details you know, are really important. And he talks about clarity and clean word choice. And so it's, it's sad because he died right before A for Alibi, Sue's first book was, was printed, but she did dedicate that book to him. So I know, Hmm. and she, she, you know, she's, she's good. She's made peace with that, but yes, they were influential in terms of, and of course they supported her going to school Now, she laughs about her college education. It isn't that she didn't appreciate it, but she she quickly realized that she didn't want to do, and that, you know, she got her degree in in American lit. She quickly realized she didn't want, you know, to analyze or teach. And so, um, and her father said that being a lawyer would bore her to tears. So, (laughs) she ended up being a writer, so... What took her from the University of Louisville out to California? And did she go uh, out to California as soon as she graduated? Pretty quick, pretty quick. Um, she, she married young and uh, she talks about marrying young as because she wanted to create home. And that ended up being a mistake. 
And uh, so the first marriage did not last long. Um, she had a couple of children. She divorced. She married again. They went to California. And part of that was because of his career, um, wanting to find herself. It's interesting when she goes out there, she realizes that she can't get a decent paying job uh, unless she can type. And so she quickly learns how to become a very proficient typist. And then she talks about that her first job was working with medical doctors, she said, who couldn't write. And so she was the medical secretary and she's typing out reports uh, quickly and, and everything. And so she's starting to do that. And then, then she's starting to, because that job is not stressful and fulfilling during the day, then she's coming home at night and she's very diligent to start writing those novels at night. And she's writing literary novels and that was working uh, very well for her. I do want to add to one of the interesting things she did was she created a group called Homemakers Unlimited. And she talks about this as being her first um, business in which she's making money for herself, her idea and her and a girlfriend basically started a consciousness raising um, business. And we hear that term. Some people may not recognize it, but it's, you know, groups where people are, are discussing important issues in life. And I, I sometimes think we need to start consciousness raising groups. <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, what the whole purpose, even though the name was Homemakers Unlimited, the whole idea was to tell women that you don't have to spend all day cooking and cleaning in your home. You know, you can, you know, get it all done in a couple of hours and then do things that are fulfilling and meaningful to you and to other people. And so Sue says she was really ahead of her time. And I, and I do think she, she understood the importance of that. And Sue, I think for herself personally, knew that she needed, that she had something within her that the, that the world needed and that she needed to share. And so, like I said, she, she's writing these literary novels. And then she writes this one that Kentucky readers would probably be interested in, although it has not been republished and it's, it's hard to find. In fact, there was a copy of it for sale for $450, a first edition, but it's the Lolly Madonna War. And the Lolly Madonna War is basically a Hatfield McCoy type of scenario. And I've read the novel and it's wonderful. It's short, but it, it's very, it just grips you um, about this, this young girl that gets in, in on the way to visit someone and gets caught up in this, this, this feud between these two families. And so what happened was the book, um, although it wasn't a rousing success as most literary novels are not, um, a producer wanted to uh, make a movie of it. And I mean, we're talking, you know, Rod Steiger, you know, some big name, Jeff Bridges, some big name actors. And so they make that movie and they film it in Knoxville, Tennessee. And so they ask Sue to, um, you know, be the script writer. And Sue's like, sure. Has Sue ever written a script? Never. But she, you know what Sue says? Hey, I got 10 days to learn how to do it. And so she, she goes and reads books, does research, gets in there, you know, co-writes the script. And that is what 
throws her into Hollywood for the next 15 years. And that mm. is what she calls serving a life sentence. I want to return to that in just a moment, but let me ask you the year that, um, and again, the title of the novel and, and the year that it was published? It's the Lolly, L-O-L-L-Y, hyphen the Lolly Madonna, uh-huh. Lolly Madonna War. And uh, it is in the 70s. I will have to mm-hmm. check that specific okay. date for you, Bill. Okay, that's fine. Uh, just trying to get a, a date uh, of her uh, writing, uh, being a novelist early in her career, uh, and then going uh, to Hollywood uh, for 15 years. I didn't realize it was that long. Those weren't uh, happy days for her, were they? Well, the happy part of that was she met Steve, her oh. third husband, and they were married for, you know, almost 40 years and truly soulmates, the love of her life. And so um, that is the happy, but in terms of writing, here's what Sue discovered. She would be, you know, sitting in an office and she was writing scripts for um, Rhoda TV sitcoms. She wrote scripts for Agatha Christie movies. If, you know, if you, you know, Wikipedia, Sue's name, you'll see a long list of of shows that she contributed to. But she said, what would happen is, you know, the people would come in, people that were way younger than her, and she was treated like a, a clerk. Here, just type these ideas out. And she quickly realized that often they weren't good ideas, and that she just did not like to be bossed around with her creative work that way. And so, so what happens is, unfortunately, she gets involved in a serious custody battle with her ex-husband who wants to take away the children. And so what she does, and she tells this, this is her dark story, but everybody loves Sue to tell this dark story. She laughs about it. I tell this dark story because everybody wants to hear the story, even though everyone knows it and read it, they want to hear her tell it because it gets a lot of laughs, but she lays in bed at night figuring out how she can kill her ex-husband. So she doesn't have to worry about the custody battle. And she comes up with all these elaborate plots and ensues adorable words she said, but I realized I am a law-abiding citizen. I could never carry this out because I can't imagine living the rest of my life in shapeless prison garb and eating starchy carbohydrates. Therefore, I had to create a law and order type to take care of my problem, which is how she describes creating Kinsey Milhone, her detective. And so, of course, what happens in all of that process is as she keeps thinking of plots, one night she comes across what she thinks is a way that she can truly kill off her ex-husband and get away with it. And so she starts writing it. And with only writing 65 pages, she sends it off to Marion Wood, an editor at Henry Holt. And with 65 pages, they immediately loved Kinsey as a hard-hitting female detective. They signed her on to write the rest of the book. And I don't know, 25 alphabet letters later, there is Sue's story. Is there a story that you can share with us uh, behind naming the books after the alphabet? Is there some uh, 
thought uh, that she put into that or did somebody else suggest it? What, what's, what's the story about uh, that? Oh yeah. So again, Sue is, Sue is just surrounded and very generous and always acknowledging all the people who contribute to her. And so while in the process of, of thinking of these plots to kill her ex-husband, she comes across this, this dark children's book by Edward Gorey called The Gashly Crumb Tinies. And the book is simply an alphabet book on ways children die. A is for Amy, who fell down the stairs. B is for Basil, assaulted by bears. C is for Clara, who wasted away. And it's, it's actually, it's a delightful children's book in a dark sort of way. I've, I've read it and it's a classic. It's, it's Edward Gorey's most famous book. But as she's, she's thinking that she can write this book and she sees this, this children's book of the way children can die, she thinks, ooh, I could do an alphabet series. I mean, Sue's thinking big now because she really wants out of Hollywood. She goes, I can do an alphabet series. And so one day while she's writing this, this first book, she sits down and she writes the letters of the alphabet out and she writes words that come to mind about crimes for, or detective mysteries with each letter. And she kept that list and most of the letters of the alphabet she used. And she came up with A is for alibi. In fact, adorable Sue, A is for alibi, B is for burglar, C is for corpse. She says that she often recites her book titles as sort of like a field sobriety test. But yes, that's how she came up with the idea to do an alphabet series, you know. Jacqueline Hamilton is a member of our Kentucky Humanities Chautauqua character performer troupe. Uh, she has uh, been with Kentucky Humanities for a number of years and uh, performed as Alice Lloyd, uh, the uh, founder, or, or not exactly the founder, but uh, uh, one of the um, early uh, educators at Alice Lloyd now college in Pippa Passes, uh, Kentucky, which is a, a wonderful place to visit. I think you would also uh, say that, uh, uh, Jacqueline. Uh, we're going to have more with her and her discussion with me about uh, the novelist Sue Grafton right after we hear from our good friends at Spalding University. Spalding University is affordable, nationally distinguished, low residency MFA in writing offers excellent instruction in a compassionate, supportive community. Focus on your own area of concentration, explore across genres, and examine the interrelatedness of the arts. During one-on-one -on -one independent study, you'll write prolifically and receive expert feedback from your faculty mentor, developing the discipline to keep writing for life. Study fiction, poetry, creative nonfiction, writing for children and young adults, and writing for TV, screen, and stage. Learn more at spalding.edu slash schoolofwriting or email schoolofwriting at spalding.edu. Jacqueline, uh, you have, and the way you, uh, because I, I, I've talked with you before uh, about Alice Lloyd, the way you get inside uh, a character is through research and study and you really 
take on uh, the persona. It, was it any more difficult trying to, um, you, first of all, your idea about doing Sue Grafton, where did that come from? Well, I, you know, I like to write. In my past life, I worked as a journalist. Currently, I teach English at EKU, but I like to write. Uh, I run a writing camp for children um, that's in its going into its 10th year. So, so the idea of being a writer is, is, is really, to me, just a wonderful thing. And so I had looked at characters to, to try out for Chautauqua. Um, and so, of course, you know, either I didn't fit the, the profile to be able to pull it off or whatever. And then one day I realized, oh, I'm staring it right in the face, Sue Grafton. And of course, I grew up reading Nancy Drew Mystery. I didn't grow up reading Mickey Spillane, but I, I grew up reading Nancy Drew and I love mysteries. Um, and I thought Sue would just be a fabulous person. What was wonderful about the Humanities Council is we had never really had a currently deceased character. We had been more in the historic mode. So I have to credit the Humanities Council for when I wrote this proposal for saying, you know, we're going to try this because we haven't done somebody that has been recently deceased. The family is still alive. And so that was a concern. Um, I've had a chance to talk with both Sue's husband and Sue's daughter through email. And they've been very helpful in terms, especially like the jewelry Sue, you know, um, wore, like I have a, a duplicate of the, the wedding band that she wore, her travel clothes, um, et cetera. So they were very helpful for those kind of particular ideas. But, um, and then I saw that Sue's Facebook page still has 100,000 active members and, and people still, you know, are saying, Sue, we miss you so much. Kinsey is my best friend. I went back and read this book. And, and it's true. Sue, when you read um, her books, you want Kinsey to be your friend. It's, and it's just, it's realistic. I mean, Kinsey is trimming her hair with fingernail scissors because she can't find the scissors in her drawer. And I mean, it's just real life. It's, it's women balancing career, um, struggling with lost love, difficult family relationships, you know, fitting in a community, wanting justice, you know, Sue, Sue really wanted justice for people. And so as the novels uh, went on, like, when I think about Q is for Corey, she's at a dinner party and she doesn't realize what she's going to do. You know, Q is the, I mean, she has to know that the next alphabet is the letters Q. That's a given, but she hadn't picked out, she hadn't had a letter for that. And this dinner party guest starts talking to her about the, this unidentified victim that had been murdered, this woman, and how he just, he's getting ready to retire. And he just, this was the case. He just, just bothered him that they never found out who this woman was. Well, then Sue suddenly realizes the massive amount of unidentified victims in the country that, that never are given a name or even reported missing. And so this man says, well, if you want to, 
I'll bring you on down and I'll let you, I'll show you the case. Well, you know, you can't tell Sue Grafton something like that because Sue Grafton is going to be there at your doorstep the next day. And so she gets to actually see the clothes this woman was found in. I mean, the shoes, you know, the dental structure, and she had a very unusual face and they just thought, sure. So Sue actually spent her own money to, because back when the, the murder happened, they didn't have all the forensic technology, you know, you know how forensic technology is improving. And Sue actually spent her own money to go in and have the face reconstructed, you know, based on the skeleton and all of that, as they're trying to get a better picture of what this victim looked like and all of that. And Sue, I mean, you know, even towards the end of her life, she talked about how she just hoped that somebody reading this book would would know who this victim was, because at the end of this particular book, she talks about how the book is based on a real character, a real crime, etc. So Sue had this incredible sense of, of people, you know, um, getting justice and, and things turning out right for people. And for you as a performer, uh, actor, uh, who, what character was most challenging for you to take on the persona of Alice Lloyd or Sue Grafton? Right. And I realized, I apologize. I sort of got off, off the track there on, on the research. I don't know. They're both totally different characters. With Alice Lloyd, I was able to go to Pippa Passes. The school was very accommodating. I was able to sit on the porch in the chair that Alice sat in and rocked and and think. I was able to visit the founder, the shack that she first lived in, uh, visit her grave, um, go through all the resources. And so um, I was able to read things that Alice wrote. Um, They got alumni who had worked with her. And as with most people, there were people who liked her, there were people who didn't like her. Um, I was able, the only video clip was actually when she was on This Is Your Life. So I got to see a little teeny bit of her um, in real life. And so that was was wonderful. I felt like I had a a rich source of, of memorabilia. With Sue, the research was more reading like newspaper articles. She wrote a lot of of forewords to books on mystery writing. Um, She had a a recipe in the Mystery Writers of America cookbook. So it was a different type of research because, and there are a few, you know, videos and audios, but I'm reading a lot of newspaper articles, magazine articles. I'm piecing things together. Um, I'm not really talking to to people who've read her books, you know, like talking to students who went to Alice Lloyd to get a a flavor for Alice Lloyd in that way. Um, As with any uh, character, when you're writing the script, you want them to be telling their story in a way that makes your audience want to feel like they they have become a friend with this person that I wanted people to feel like when they walked away with Alice or Sue, 
that they they have found this person as a real person, not a, a fakey plastic person, but a real person with hopes and fears and dreams. And that that by sharing the, the stories that they went through, that that part of their life, that somehow the, these people have said, you know, this person from Kentucky is my friend. And they have things that they have gone through but they care about me and they want me to, to know this story so that somehow it makes a difference in my life. And so finding that arc of the script is, is, is everything. So with Alice, it's interesting. It's set in December right before the school is going to close because they've run out of money and, uh, and everything. And so it's this dramatic it's a story within a story and it's this dramatic story that the school is going to close and it's got a big surprise ending with Sue. I've said Sue in one of her last public appearances was actually in Lexington, Kentucky at the Kentucky theater on November the 1st, 2017 and Joseph Beth booksellers have sponsored this event with John Grisham well-known author, and Sue Grafton. And of course, this happens in November. And then Sue dies of cancer a few days after Christmas in December. So um, she was in great health. She'd been fighting cancer for a couple of years, um, but the end did come suddenly. So, so when I realized that her last public appearance, I mean, big public appearance has been here in Lexington, with John Grisham, I decide to set that story as people have come backstage to see her and they've, and she's just published why. Okay. Why is for yesterday. And it's the first time in the history of the books that she's announced the next alphabet title. Always part of the big Sue Grafton is the big reveal. What will the alphabet letter be? but she tells everybody it's Z is for zero. She's not started on the book yet. She's now taking about two years, but we're all backstage at the Kentucky theater. And it's, it's, it's a fascinating place to put Sue in because she's just had this major debate. Okay. People might want to say discussion. I call it a debate with John Grisham. And I've been fortunate to listen to this, this podcast and John is just loves to pick on Sue and he and Sue have totally different writing processes, but Sue doesn't back down on anything on how she does her work and, and everything. And her, her sense of humor um, constantly comes through. And um, so they have this huge discussion on writing. And so, so now I have this, this place for, for people to come you all, if you come to see Sue, you're, you're in this backstage on the Kentucky Theater, and Sue is saying, hey, sorry, I couldn't come out in August. That's my normal book tour when I go around the country, when a book comes out and sign it at doctor's orders. I couldn't come out, so I'm here to sign Y for you. I've announced what Z is going to be, and so I'm, I'm here to share. So what I did, as Sue tells her story, is I've sort of created her telling A is for adolescence. 
you know, and so she has little chapters that she's sharing her life story. And when we get to Hollywood, H is for Hades. She's the last <laughs> word for Hollywood. And so she she talks about, you know, the varying things. And then, of course, K is for Kinsey, but K is also for Kentucky because Sue loved Kentucky. Now, she talks about how she couldn't wait to get away from Kentucky. But after she married Steve and everything, the and, and I have to just say this about Sue, one of the most important honors that Sue ever received in her life came from Louisville, the hometown hero banner. Louisville did a, a series where they would put hometown heroes and their picture on big banners and they would hang from, from various buildings. And even though she had been on the New York Times bestseller list and won all these mystery awards, she considered being, being named a hometown hero in Louisville one of the honors of her life. And she also loved being named a distinguished alumni from, from U of L. And so that those things she actually talks about when they came back in 1997 to be given this award for distinguished alumni, she said, here we are, we're sitting at lunch with all these people. And she said, I realized how different this is from California because nobody's talking about colonics or all of this other kind of crazy yeah. California stuff. They're talking about how to make my city a better place. Well, of course, with Sue's sense of, of justice, she, she loves that this is what people are talking about. So her and Steve decide, you know what? We'd like to have a second home. And and Kentucky is it. And of course, then they found this crumbling mansion called Lincliff and the, the Belknap uh, fortune who had done the hardware industry had built this, this big uh, Georgian type uh, mansion with massive gardens, but it was a crumbling mistake, probably a perfect setting for a murder mystery. <laughs> they, they bought that and they worked on that together restoring that. So they lived half the year in California and half the year in Kentucky. And, you know, Sue had her cats and they had bees and produced honey and they grew vegetables and they would share vegetables with neighbors and putter around in the gardens. And so, you know, they restored this and that was part of their labor of love. So she was very much a, a down to earth person. You know, so Jacqueline Hamilton is um, uh, portraying Sue Grafton for you. Uh, we are now uh, in a situation, uh, depending on uh, your own situation in your church or your meeting or your uh, book club, uh, uh, where we're, uh, of course, uh, everyone is observing at the time of this taping uh, COVID regulations and protocols. But uh, uh, Jacqueline is available either virtually or I, I think you're doing in person, are you not? Uh, she, she's nodding yes. Yes, yes. I've, I've just recently done three Alice performances. So, yes, uh, very much aware of safety protocols, et cetera. But I have a big boom, booming voice. Give me a mic. <laughs> give me a stage and and I will take you into two of Kentucky's most wonderful women. 
Wonderful. And all that information is on our website at Kentucky Humanities, kyhumanities.org. Uh, just uh, click on uh, Chautauqua and uh, all the instructions are there on how to reach uh, Jacqueline and to uh, book her for uh, a performance uh, as soon as you can. So once again, uh, we've talked today about Sue Grafton. Her other character is uh, Alice Lloyd of Alice Lloyd College, uh, Renown. And Jacqueline, uh, thanks so much and good luck to you this fall. Thank you, Bill. It's the Humanities Council is truly one of Kentucky's treasures. It, it, it gives so much to all age groups and all people. So I hope everybody takes advantage of all of the wonderful resources you provide. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.